0: Today we get to discuss the second most expensive television show ever produced with a whopping $300 million budget. Citadel is a spy thriller led by Robert Madden and Priyanka Chopra Jonas playing two special agent ex-lovers whose agency gets purged. The first two episodes, The Human Enigma and Spies Appear in the Nighttime, came out together Friday, April 28th on Amazon Prime. We plan to review them, so buckle up. It's May 2nd and you're listening to today's episode.
1: what people what like reviews have said about this show i can make my guesses okay great because i actually have a game here that could that we'll that see how well you do with factors that. into that yes great. let's start it off. because there's game. like i have newspaper articles these are all based on titles for reviews for this tv show but one of them is fake and Got i have it. four options here so the first one is the global mail said prime videos gigantic spy series citadel is alias for wealthy sexy dummies that's true the second one is rolling stone said citadel is a 300 million disaster for amazon number three is variety wait Pack. what does the second one say that again the second one rolling stone said citadel is a 300 million dollar disaster for amazon okay third one variety said citadel is a business plan in search of a show okay and then the last one was the daily chronicle said the epic world building and action-packed thrills of citadel will leave you breathless um so that's the global mail rolling stones variety and the daily chronicle and only the daily chronicle said a positive thing Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) damn um i'll go ahead and say that they all sort of sound plausible uh i'll go with the third one is it the third one? variety
1: about citadel being a business plan in search of a show yeah sure uh, no, it was actually the Daily Chronicle. Again, the epic world building action-packed throws of Citadel will leave you breathless. I'm See, not even. I sh- thought that you would at least include one positive one, though. <laughs> well, that's kind of why I did. It. I'm not even sure if the Daily Chronicle reviews. I TV know, but shows. I, oh
0: man, okay, yeah,
1: it sounded the most <laughs> fake. But again, I just feel like the show can't be
0: trash everywhere. Well,
1: I mean, again, the global mail didn't say it was bad. They said it's a gigantic spy series. That's alias for wealthy, sexy dummies. I don't want to ostracize
0: the fan base who might like this show right off the bat with our review, but you started with three negative reviews. I'm probably not going to give it the most positive review, but I will say I did have fun watching it. I enjoyed it. But not for the reason that I think the show runners would have wanted me to, who were the people who made the Avengers series, right?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, the Russo brothers were executive producers on it. They also then...
0: talk directly about it in the like declassified
1: thing that comes after the show, and they're the ones who are like interviewing. For Interesting. So it did actually have one of those because this is like you said on Amazon Prime, and I didn't know that they actually go into the episodes. Yeah, the it wasn't at
0: the end of the episode. It like gatewayed into a different link, which it showed like a six minute clip where they were <laughs> they they talked to the stars it was the most trivial, basic stuff that you would expect. Um, but really, I would normally give the show a lot of leeway because it's a pilot, because it's introducing a new world. It's a creative idea. Of course, but yeah. the grading scale has to be super tough on this because it's <laughs> $300 million worth of production value. So you really have to take that into account. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what the show is really trying to be is what it is in the first 12 minutes. And so I really want to concentrate on those first 12 minutes. I want to break them down. I want to start talking. I want to give you all the facts about those first 12 minutes and tell you how I yeah, felt about Yeah, because them. correct me if I'm wrong, it's like a train thing, right? Yeah, it's a train and it's splashy. So you got this intro, which is a condensed version of the full show. It's a romance. It's an action. It's a drama. You got these cocky, brash, uppity pair of spies It's like Bullet Train mixing with a Bond film, mixing with Kingsman, mixing with (laughs) Mr. and Mrs. Smith and Chuck. It seems like all the things that you
1: just said, I I enjoyed it. That's
0: what it's all trying to be. That doesn't mean that it is successful in being it. So it kicks off on a train traveling the Italian Alps, which got me super excited. Why? Because you and I have been on (laughs) the train that I think that they were trying to be on, the Bernina Express, which goes from Milan to Zurich. And we took that panoramic viewing experience but the difference is that the seats in this thing are super luxurious and classy, and they have a dining hall, and it makes it look way more fancy. Oh, that's, okay, so than they're, they're on the good train. We, yeah, no, that anything that we experience in Bernina Express is the good train. So I don't understand whether or not they filmed there, or if they made a different set, and then they also like. I don't know exactly what happened, but it's not the Bernina Express, and it also is at the same time. We start off with Nadia, Mrs. Jonas. She's strolling down the aisle in her bright red dress. She lifts an ID card off her mark. The dude's name is Gregor Ivanovich, and he's got a briefcase full of uranium. She takes a seat, patches into the man in her ear, which is Bernard Stanley Tucci, uh, who gives her the lowdown on the crazy gadgets in her purse. Now, you might be wondering, why didn't they go over this earlier? This is the mission. (laughs) beats me. She's sitting there talking to herself, trying to keep a low profile in a silent cabin full of people dressed like she's about to go to the opera. That's when Mason, Robert Madden, walks right up behind her, flicking a lighter pretentiously. uh, And apparently (laughs) Grace, their mission commander, had assigned them both together for this mission, despite their messy history together. Right.
1: Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I It just it, the thing that like weirds me out is that Richard Madden did Bodyguard, which also starts off kind of like a prelude on a train. Yeah. And
0: she's done Quantico, which also has to do with her being a special agent. So they're familiar with acting in these roles. But this is supposed to be so much bigger,
1: obviously. Yeah. OK,
0: so after indulging in a little ex-lover spat in about four different languages because they have to show off the cool, <laughs> the cool
1: fact that they're agents. How did you know it was like four different languages?
0: Because at one point she starts speaking Spanish, and he doesn't understand that one.
1: So then they sw- they so, switch. So okay. The,
0: yeah. Um. So well, no, no, no. They switched up until that point until he couldn't understand one. Okay. Right. And then Gregor moves. Uh, that her target moves into the next car mason starts to follow him but nadia pulls him back and starts making out with him because she realizes that he has a bodyguard who's watching the whole thing and the only way to stop bodyguards from realizing that you're actually part of the cia or whatever they are is to just
1: start your citadel is that they start kissing it just reminds me of like the captain america second movie when they did the exact same thing but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so she actually goes to follow gregor and he goes and
0: fights the bodyguard bullet train style in the bathroom where he ends up throwing him out the window but not before he cuts his femoral artery throws
1: him out the window yeah they have
0: a big old fight scene in there like john wick style too and they like start punching the wall until that window just breaks i don't know if like physically that's even possible but that's what happens and so the bodyguard goes off the window or out of the window and nadia's plan is to seduce gregor into giving her the case so she walks up there all sexy like and then she flirts with him for two seconds then she takes out her gun. Wait, so new plan, threaten his life. Gregor asks if she's MI6. She scoffs and exposits to the whole world that she's Citadel, the best agency around. Gregor is stunned. He's floored. He cannot believe it. He says, but Citadel, they're a myth. And then he looks at her and he says... <laughs> Actually, Nadia, I know you're Citadel. I eat Citadel agents for breakfast. Wait, what? He doesn't actually say that, but like, that's basically what he means. I'm Manticore. And with a reverse Uno card, now he has the upper hand because a bunch of
1: Manticore agents stand up. They shoot all the people in the dining wait, hall. Wait, stop, stop. Wait, yeah. hold on. I, I need to stop you here. Wait, yeah. so you're saying that he was at first He was just surpri- faking. So why did he fake that he was surprised? No reason. <laughs>
0: Heck, if he knew who she was, he could have shot her when they saw them making out. Like, they definitely didn't have time to get their guns at that point. Whatever. So a fight ensues. Mason and Nadia, because at this point Mason has rejoined the fight, come in and uh, kill all these bad guys. But Gregor's got one more ace up his sleeve, right? Mm -hmm. He detonates a hand bomb, blowing up the car and derailing the entire train.
1: Yeah, this is literally just bullet train. That's what the end of that film is.
0: Yeah, well, they all go crashing into the sea, right? I don't understand. Into the sea, okay. Yeah, I don't understand what the theatrics were all about. Because again, if their whole mission was to trick Citadel and kill Nadia, they could have done that in the first car <laughs> right at the start of this entire episode. But instead, they go through all these theatrics. I'm left with a lot of questions. Your question might be, were they in the blast radius of him setting off a bomb? And the answer to that is yes, they were. And nothing happened. They absolutely were, but they have plot armor because this is the first episode. And uh, honestly, like, Yovanovich probably should have known that. He shouldn't have been trying to kill (laughs) off the two main characters in the first scene. Anyways, that's where the intro plays. And we don't see Nadia again.
1: Wait, what? Until a... the very
0: last second of the episode where it's revealed that, of course, she survives. She just goes. <sighs> so and that's that's how they end the first episode. However, follow Mason. The, yes. Mason is the main character of the next, what, 40, 30 minutes. Right. 40 minutes. He wakes and up and it's Bellagio, Italy, which I looked it up close to Milan, which means it was the Bernina Express. <laughs> but he can't remember who he is right mm-hmm. he's having a born ultimatum experience which they even make fun of and also bucky from uh from, from, from captain, captain america. america yeah yes they even showed a shot where he fell into the water which looked a mixed like skyfall and also like bucky and captain america <laughs> where they fall into the water they like to retread a lot of different storylines here then eight years go by
1: wait eight years just suddenly pass yes. okay citadel has been wiped out so <laughs> this is the start of the episode yeah
0: well that was what was going on with Nadia. before um gregor sh- tried to kill nadia he showed her a bunch of other agents being killed at the same time so it's kind of like that star wars thing where anakin turns against everybody and kills everybody it kills all the jedi that's kind of what they did to citadel they killed off all of citadel this manticore agency and now mason because he doesn't remember it, it has it lives in oregon and he has built up an entirely different life. He's married, he's bought a house, he has a kid who looks like she's eight years old, so he immediately went to America, got some girl pregnant, then (laughs) married her, has a very successful life though. Her name is Hendrix, the daughter, and he coaches her little league team, and he decides to run a 23 and me on himself because he's still curious and he's still getting these backflashes in his head of this other woman that he used to know, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, at the same time, the UK ambassador, Dahlia, is very evil. She works for Manicor. She discovers that Citadel X case still exists. It's been uncovered by the CIA and she wants it. So she threatens the CIA main guy into telling her where it is. And then she sends her um, people after that, uh, that case because the case still has nuclear codes in it. Now, this part didn't make much sense either to me because the nuclear codes would be eight years old, but apparently they still work. They still work. Yes, yeah. they never changed them, I guess. And then they also have the ex-agents names of Citadel in case they were to have missed any. And they also have like a supercomputer. So she really wants this briefcase. And at the same time, Bernard, Stanley Tucci's character, is the only Citadel agent still alive. He's still kicking. He kidnaps Kyle and the family because he finds that 23andMe Me but that's how he identifies Kyle is actually Mason. Right. He goes over there, he gasses them in the back of his Jeep, he brings them in, and then he uses the fact that Kyle or Mason has amnesia to give the audience the full breakdown on Citadel. Most of the stuff we already could have parceled out or did parcel out on our own. This is a group of international good guys, spies, uh, a, a ring that has been infiltrated by a double agent, um, Manticore slash Hydra, because that's basically so what is Manticore
1: it, is. Is this really just like a kind of black and white scenario where you have the good guys, which is Citadel, aside from the double agent, and then the bad guys, which is, I guess, everyone else?
0: That's how they're spelling it out to us so far, yes. Oh, okay. But Citadel was supposed to be made up of thousands of the best agents ever. Yeah. And yet Manticore was able to get the upper hand somehow just because they were financed by a bunch of rich families and kill them all. So, I mean, you just have to believe that then that's where the first episode sort of ends, where uh, he re-recruits um, Mason, promising to bring back his memories and also protect his family if he helps him get the Citadel case before um, Manticore can get it. Right? I know we haven't
1: really gone to your pros and cons, yet, but it doesn't really seem like aside from that train scene in the first 12 minutes that anything really happened in this episode. Yeah, I
0: mean, I just zoomed through with the rest of it. But then we get Nadia's flashback in the second episode, what happened to her. She flags down a car because, of course, she also took that fall into the ocean. Ocean, and she's barely alive. She also got, I think, shot. And so she wakes up. She's been kidnapped. The kidnapper was nice enough to take out the bullet and was going to sort of protect her, but also like molest her probably. Mm. Not Manicore. Like this is just a separate guy. Who a just guy. Yeah, it was just evil. <laughs> and she like goes through the process of killing him. So we watch a f- long fight scene with her and a creepy dude. And then she gets the note from Bernard because he can't hear her, which says that uh, he's initiated the backdrop. Now, what is the backdrop? It's magic. It's it's that he can delete your memories from your brain because they have little chips in their brains and this explains why Mason didn't remember anything when he woke up but Nadia gets at least a couple seconds before her brain is going to like completely uh, get rid of its upload
1: its memories somewhere else Right? I know it was going to go the sci-fi angle but I didn't know it was going to go this sci-fi well
0: it reminds me a lot of when we did Riverdale and uh, Jughead was given like a few minutes to forget (laughs) like why he had been sent back to the 1950s and so what he decides to do is run for 30 minutes to his house to To get to his typewriter as opposed to try to write. (laughs) She's much smarter. She grabs a Sharpie and she just starts scribbling on her uh, arm, but she gets much less time. Um, So she's only able to uh, write, go to Valencia, Asha, um, which beats what Jughead said. I forgot what his, his note was. Like It was, like was pointless. Yeah. yeah, so then eight years go by. We're back at Bernard and Mason as they head off to the Manicor base in New York City and Mason just walks right in and Bernard just talks him through it. He takes the case. He gets out of there with a little bit of heist music. Suddenly the mission's complete. Bernard, being a tech genius doesn't assume that the case is bugged. So he just starts chumming it with uh, Mason telling him about how he just needs to open the case, which still works. Like Mason's had his... Brain um, scrambled or whatever, but the security clearance for him is still like a-ok. Eight years later, he opens the lid. He sees a bunch of people's memories just in there in little vials that he needs to inject with himself into himself. So he's going so to he get just... all
1: these people's memories. No, he was just going to grab his own. Oh, so I was he, gonna get, say. he gets
0: his own and he's about to stab himself, but of course, that's when the bad guys show up. Uh, you've got the vegan Anders. They're these twins who work for the UK ambassador, and they shoot Bernard through the back through his car while he's driving. And so you're like, okay, well he's dead, right? And that's when Mason's uh, vial breaks. So he freaks out. He still has the laptop with him or the briefcase. So he grabs that, jumps into a car and like gets away. But uh, then we find out because either Davik or Anders, again, twins, so I can't tell which is which. He walks up to Bernard and he's like, oh, I've got a surprise now. So it's pretty clear that Bernard has survived. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That comes into play later on then we jump to Nadia. She, of course, is in Valencia. She followed her own advice. She uh, manages a restaurant there. And uh, lo and behold, Mason is able to get there. Now, what's strange about that is the tracker is still on the case. And so they're still following him. He had to go to JFK, drive to the airport, wait for a flight, get on the flight, go all the way to Valencia, then get into an Uber and go to the restaurant she was in, find her and start talking to her before this manticore agency that was able to take out all of Citadel was able to intercept him. he he doesn't have memories on like how he wasn't able to get caught earlier doesn't make any sense so really the rules for the show
1: the rules for the show just kind of yeah and the
0: amount of places that they show us they keep on showing us cut flashes to italy miami Miami, Wyoming, new york city oregon chicago valencia too many scene transitions Did new
1: york look like new york because they never actually shot in new york and i saw some people were complaining that you could clearly see like uh, um, known places in toronto in new york (laughs) okay well I wasn't looking that closely because the scene was really short he just walks into the
0: the uh, giant complex and steals the briefcase and then gets out of there This, yeah so, but uh, yeah so he's in, in Valencia now and he's trying to convince Nadia he throws a knife at her if you've seen the trailer you've seen this yes, scene right. Yeah, and she basically only believes him when he shows her the case and it opens up for her and she sees that her memories are in there as well as, but hers haven't been broken. And that's when the bad guys show up. Apparently the police are very slow in Spain. So the terrorists can walk in and start shooting up the restaurant. Everybody scrambles. Um, but, like they don't show up for a really long time, giving uh, Deviker Anders the time to beat up both Mason and Nadia and right when he's about to kill them both, I think that's when uh, Nadia decides to inject herself with the memories and what bam. She's a super agent again. She takes out the mercenary, but leaves him alive. And then she uh, takes Mason with her and they get out of there. And the cliffhanger here, which also kind of sucks because we already knew it, was that Bernard was alive. Now he's meeting with the uh, UK ambassador and she's threatening him and saying, well, I can make you talk. And that's about the end of the entire first two episodes. They weren't
1: going to kill off Stanley Tucci, even though this is only going to be six episodes long. It was so
0: obvious that they weren't going to kill off Nadia either, yet both of the cliffhangers were, were going to kill them off, but no, we didn't. So, I mean, as far as a show, you really don't have to do much to have a good cliffhanger, and this failed at that. Uh, my question really is, where did the money go? Seriously, did they actually like go to most of these places, if not New York? Did they go to the places yeah, that they went no, to? Because the action scenes look okay, but $300 million?
1: No. The, okay, I have I have the story of how this show kind of came to be. But I, to well, answer last, your question yeah. first uh, about like them going to multiple different places, they did. They shot in of London, course they did. Yeah. including Birmingham, London, Lincolnshire, Europe, Valencia, Spain, as you were talking about, Slovenia, which is more Central Europe, North Africa, Morocco, which is known to have good tax incentives, probably the reason why they shot there and finally atlanta georgia oh they were interested about saving money (laughs) well atlanta georgia they mostly shot for reshoots but uh you said you had like one more thing yeah
0: i mean if you take the last seasons of game of thrones the last of us and westworld combined Mm -hmm. it comes out to less than this warner brothers scrapped the batgirl movie for 90 million (laughs) dollars That's one third of this. If they wanted to make a movie, they could have made a movie. That would have been on the same level of like Spectre and stuff.
1: It was conceived to be a series with innovative and global storytelling, having five core shows revolving around a different country and all supposed to be taking place in the same world. And Joe Russo even said that this was harder than Marvel, considering that everything was brand new and referred to it as flagship show. I, I don't know what to say to that because it's just uh, yeah.
0: how is it harder than doing Marvel where you have to like uh, deal with all the comics and and make sure that the writing works together. I don't understand why this show is if it was just like the equalizer, if it was just on an NBC type uh, network, then it would make sense. I would probably give it a, a way past it. I'd give it like a seven out of 10 on positive notes. Stanley Tucci is pretty funny in it. The two leads are super attractive and the action is pretty good. The plot is downright pretty funny, bad, like not good. Just <laughs> like you laugh at it. And, uh, and that is supposed to be the Bernina Express. But still, I have to give it a 4 most, out of 10.
1: Most of the reviews that even were positive were, like, really calling it dumb fun. I have how it all came to be. Do you want to hear the story? Yes. Because, okay, so what happened was Amazon really greenlit the show after our executive, Jen Salky, approached the Russo brothers about executively producing a multi-series spy franchise from scratch. Sure, I can see why they did it. I mean, the, the Avengers movies are hugely and, successful. Yeah, and that's the reason why they and were And so they the were aliens. like, we're going to throw a bunch of money at you. I'm saying, again, why did they choose well, this well, plot? hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on. There's there's more to this and they agreed and then amazon got really excited they got even more excited when they assembled the writing team consisting of john applebaum and andrew neemich for screenwriting they have their own production company known as midnight radio which has done a ton of things such as like ghost protocol i think they created and wrote, and also the tm so mission possible the teenage mutant ninja turtle live action films uh, and it has exactly why why did they get excited about also series those like series like alias from Cowboy Bebop, the live action in Lime Town, just to name a Cowboy few. Bebop got canceled after one yes, season. Yes, but the point I'm is, I'm looking for the big success that they were like,
0: oh man, we're going to hinge it off of the same people who did Breaking Bad. Okay, Back well, or the, like well, that. this is the reason.
1: After a big reason for the 300 million was the Russo brothers fired Josh Applebaum and Andrew Niemick from showrunning after filming was complete due to creative differences. Now they had already shot the show from January to December of 2021, and a reason why they added like why the cost went so far up is because they hired David Wheel. Does he sound familiar to you? uh yeah he does he wrote and created solos invasions and most recently hunters mm-hmm. and this caused extensive reshoots with lasted a couple yeah. of months in mid-2022 reshoots will kill me. you now it makes sense yeah and it added a 75 million onto a show that already cost around 160 million to make becoming the second most expensive show behind rings of power mm-hmm. so the, and again that's why they decided to shoot that's why they decided to shoot in atlanta georgia because they were because that's being known as a place where like it's really good to shoot as well yeah.
0: okay all right all right that's making more sense now so you said that you would give it a four out of ten I would give it a four out of ten I have to ask them why do they keep on giving away so much in the teasers so they end the second episode then they show us a quick flash for the rest of the season and they kind of do what The Walking Dead does where it's like you're able to tell what happens and you're like why are you giving so much away one of the two Nadia or Mason was the double agent For Manticore. Like Mm -hmm. that's almost clear. Um, Mason's family gets found. uh, So they're going to be in trouble. And then Nadia chooses to teach Mason because he doesn't have his memories how to become a spy again. And then obviously they're going to get together. And uh, yeah, so so like stop doing that. I think do that, better, do better like uh, teasers.
1: If I had to say why this show has been getting mixed reviews, because has six point five on IMDb, fifty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, even though the audience score is eighty one percent, I think it's because it's fallen into the trap that a lot of movie studios does these days, specifically superheroes, where it was like they wanted to make this show really for the spin-offs because there's already like no more somewhere. That's why Joe Russo said this was a flagship show. I know, I heard you say that
0: but it just didn't make sense you've got bernard you've got nadia and you've got mason now are they going to go eight years previously and show us all the other ones that we know are either dead or are they just going to keep on reintroducing citadel agents who are well, actually again, it's, still alive. it's
1: taking place in the same world just different places you have an italian remake a mexico remake and one that's going to be taking place in india and even uh david wheel said that he would get on zoom calls weekly with all these other shows and they would like come up with different ideas for their types of shows and for other people's shows as well so it was like they had they had this idea of just being able to make this global kind of, uh, I guess, multiverse, but I guess it just didn't really work out it's in the bland. end. It's just bland.
0: It's too bland for that. Like, this is the most basic uh, an agency getting purged, or a person who's having to fight against an agency that they used to work for. That's every spy movie ever.
1: Yeah, I mean, Rolling Stone said, Citadel falls far, far short of transcendence or even goodness it is bland, generic, and almost shockingly cheap looking. Oh, it's no. No, no, no That I would say it's, it looks fine. However, The Guardian gave it four stars, saying, I can only hope the addictive magic Magic translates each time everyone deserves to have this much absurd fun and then said to stream it so you're getting like all these kind of different places but overall I'm not I think it's already been renewed for a second season mm-hmm. but I'm not sure what really the plan is at this point because like they are trying to make fierce connections the Indian show is the one that is so close to being like finished apparently in fact they even got some of the people that directed row and produced this uh, version of the show or the is Indian Priyanka Shopper gonna be in that because she speaks Hindi they there there's been teases that they might bring people from the cast of the US version over to India but nothing has been confirmed as of yet <laughs> so I mean overall though yeah I, I think that the reviews are kind of in line with you because like I said even the positive reviews aren't overly positive about it are you going to continue watching the rest of the series no probably not uh, the, the
0: reshoot thing makes a lot more sense to me now I'm, I'm a little less upset that they spent 300 million dollars on this all right well uh, unless you have anything else thanks for listening we'll see you on the next episode hope you enjoyed this one bye
1: bye